Hey traders, Merry Christmas. If you are living on kind of the West Coast, uh, PST time, thank you very much for joining us to the 38th podcast uh, for the Perfect Market Podcast here. Wishing you a very Merry Christmas as well as Bitcoin, uh, brand new all-time high coming at you for your nice little Christmas present. And I think we will get uh, a Boxing Day uh, present, I guess, not really a sale, but I do think uh, it's looking very favorable for a potential nice push to the upside. So want to thank you for uh, tuning in on our very uh, special Christmas day. So uh, I'm going to now pass it over now on to Nathan. Appreciate your time you're taking with us. The date is December 25th, 2020. It is Christmas. We wish you a very Merry Christmas and a Happy Holidays. And just to jump right into it, like he said, we got Bitcoin setting an all-time high. Love to see it. I was uh, wishing upon a lucky star that we'd see 30k before Christmas ends. Who knows, we still got another 10 hours of Christmas here on the West Coast before the day is officially done. Anything can happen. But can't really ask for more than some buy volume to take Bitcoin into that higher high. And we really are seeing that bullish price action structure. I shared a quick chart of it on Discord, but we are seeing that ascending triangle. So we'll see if the retest is successful and we'll blast off into a higher high. And so just to keep with the bullish impression we're giving here, uh, we have news coming out of BitGo, which is a custody owner similar to Grayscale. Both of these two massive conglomerates are holding $16 billion worth in cryptocurrency each totaling to over $32 billion of that custodial mechanism, which really favors institutions because it put, it provides a means for them to put it on their balance sheet without actually owning it. They're getting the exposure, but not having to jump through the regulatory and the actual ownership hassle of it all. So I'd love to see that kind of demand coming from the institutions. If I recall, I think... Uh, Grayscale was just managing 14.5, no, 13.5 billion like two weeks ago. So they've uh, added on a casual 2.5 billion onto their balance sheet within the past two weeks, which is nothing short of incredible. Yeah. And I think something that's kind of equally as incredible or at least very promising is you see institutions come in at these prices. For example, institutional investors like Michael Saylor from MicroStrategy actually started investing in Bitcoin and created his fund throughout the summer of 2020. Um, so really, they've been coming in. Yes, it has been really trending up since kind of uh, the later half of April uh, after the 50% dump for BTC. So they saw that. They saw the buoyancy of Bitcoin compared to assets like gold, silver, other safe havens. And I think they looked at that and that was the confirmation that Bitcoin truly is a potential safe haven for the foreseeable future. And um, yeah, they are massively expanding their balance sheet with cryptocurrency assets, mainly Bitcoin. Uh, Grayscale obviously has all their different uh, assets that they allow people to have exposure in, but mainly MicroStrategy is uh, really looking into Bitcoin. And I think that's going to be the asset that a lot of institutions are going to be looking at just because it is the gold 2.0 store of value uh, most well known, significantly by far the most dominant um, in, in terms of market cap. So 
that's I think that's going to be where it's going to go. Also, BTC dominance did recently break out of a key confluent zone. So um, it is setting up to look like, yes, altcoins will do well, but Bitcoin is looking like it's really taking the front st front stage, like really. Um, and I think that's where the first injection of capital is going to flow. And then we'll see alts fly with more speculation. But uh, yeah, really great to see and pretty unbelievable that, that they're that they're holding $16 billion each in uh, cryptocurrency assets under custody. 100% absolute nutty. This is beyond the dreams and fables of anything that we could dream up in 2016 or 2017. And so just talking about some CEOs here, we had a little bit of dialogue on this before in a previous episode talking about two legends of the game, Michael Saylor, the MicroStrategy CEO, and Elon Musk. CEO of too many companies to name. <laughs> and uh, it looks like they did have a sit down conversation, discuss the specifics of crypto. Michael Saylor, he cannot speak about the specifics of that conversation, but he identified that Tesla, Apple, Google, and all of these tech companies that are sitting on mountains of cash are all in the exact same predicament. It is, it is his belief that cash is debasing at 15% per year. And that by having that massive stockhold of cash, you are putting yourself in a position to be holding a liability when in reality you could be holding something that's an asset. Rich Dad, Poor Dad taught us we want assets. We don't, we don't want liabilities. So simple as that. They should all just make the move, put their cash balance into Bitcoin and make that transfer from liability towards assets. Yeah, that's... Uh pretty unbelievable move that could occur and it's pretty unfathomable that y you can think a business can have so much money that they don't know what to do with it um but yeah these conglomerates are um suffering this issue to some degree so it's pretty interesting to see they might have to have their own portfolio manager managing uh, the capital that they have making sure that it's not devaluing because the u.s dollar is really just um not absolutely plummeting, like it's it's on a downtrend. It's a, a pretty strong downtrend, but I think over time is it just continues to move down. There's going to be less and less certainty and confidence for the U.S. dollar to be a long-term uh, asset for individuals, funds, and companies to hold. So people are are inevitably going to be dumping it, and um, you know, I, we will talk about this more in depth in another podcast, but. I'll touch on this a little bit. Japan had a similar issue when they had their massive boom. Uh, stock markets were rising. Real estate was absolutely booming. And that was it up to the 70s, 70s, late 70s, and then the 80s. And then since the late 80s, uh, they have been basically unable to really uh, create any sort of growth, economic growth. Uh, inflation really is basically at a stand for, standpoint. Stand, uh, they are at a... They're stopped basically in inflation, not really going to try to do that again. Uh, they are suffering from deflation, if anything. And they actually had a situation within the boom that the government was printing so much money. Companies like Toyota were making more money from trading profits because they then had to create a portfolio manager that managed their portfolios and investments because they were suffering from a similar issue. They had too much money on their balance sheet. They didn't know what to do with it. They hired portfolio managers. They had hired people to manage the money and to trade. And then they started making more money from the trading and the portfolio management than they actually did from manufacturing vehicles, which is pretty unbelievable. But, uh, 
you know, you can see economic trends just occur over and over similar to price action patterns. You know, people make the same mistakes. Um, and, and looking back at history, you can kind of see, obviously, there are uh, places and, and uh, times in history where you have very similar uh, economic situations that we see right now. Excess money, very low interest rates or 0% interest rates, stimulus beyond belief it leads somewhere, right? So at the end of the day, that's what we are anticipating. We are anticipating basically this continuing to a point where there's going to be dollar devaluation. Inflation is going to be very, very significant to a point where everyday moms and pops are going to be furious that apples are growing uh, in price at a rate of 50% every month or at, at, a, at an even faster rate. We don't, exa- I, don't I can't exactly figure that out. Um, but I think we are slowly, slowly getting there. So um, yeah, I just wanted to kind of give you a little bit of information as to why we think it's uh, potentially getting there. So a little bit of a tangent, but it is Christmas. So uh, we thought, why not? Yeah, might as well dive in, provide that extraneous information so people can have the full picture because we are seeing that institutional shift towards let's toss it on the balance sheet and see what happens. Uh, We got some more big purchase news coming out of Coinbase. It looks like they recently had an outflow, two large withdrawals of $278 million each. Uh, this is probably the single largest outflow week for Coinbase. $550 million in two transactions in one week is absolutely absurd. And obviously that is a big ticket buyer. So it's going to be interesting to see how these basically mass transactions continue to get processed, continue to get distributed. Because obviously if somebody's throwing $550 million at Coinbase, they have a lot of capital. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm not too worried to be completely that's a little bit of FUD. Um it will be interesting to see if there is gonna be uh withdrawals from Coinbase, well, but oh, go on. Well I feel like it I feel like it's bullish if anything, because then it's people buying it and moving it off the exchange rather than loading five hundred and fifty million dollars on of BTC onto Coinbase. I feel like that would be bearish because then they could dump it, but if it's wholesale institutional purchases that Coinbase is facilitating and then outflowing I feel like that's definitely bullish. Into, yeah, into long-term cold storage, hardware wallets, uh, whatever wallet they're choosing. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. Um, Yeah, great to see, I guess, in that sense. Um, More inflows in will be interesting. So uh, to top it off, we are going to be talking about something pretty interesting. Um, If you do know Wall Street Bets, uh, they are a subreddit that people go on that make outlandish uh, bets, like really zero risk management. It's pretty funny to look at, but obviously I would not recommend actually um, acting on any of the ideas that they present within the Reddit. Uh, But we do see another thing popping up called alt street bets. So alt is for altcoin. And it's pretty funny, very similar type of uh, uh, vibe. When when degenerates figure out crypto, Dogecoin, Bitcoin, Ethereum, XRP, Litecoin, Monero, and Cardano is what they say about the community. So uh, we'll see how it goes. Definitely, I think it's, it's pretty funny. There's some memes, there's some discussion about uh, ideas, some damaging losses. Um, so if you like Wall Street bets, the uh, subreddit Alt Street Bets could be for you.
Yeah, it's just a place to go where it's an absolute congregation and concentration of people with no appreciation for risk management practices whatsoever. It's a pretty niche place on the internet worth a good laugh if you are looking to absorb some of that more niche content, let's call it. And just last story of the episode, we have an update on the stimulus checks that may be hitting the U.S. pretty quick here. The Oompa Loompa himself, Donald Trump, said that the $600 payment wasn't enough and the $2,000 payment would suffice adequately. But lo and behold, the Republicans blocked it in Congress from hitting the streets. And so as a result, it looks like the $900 billion COVID stimulus bill will pass instead, which amounts to $600 payments only each. Which is obvious. I mean, I say only, but that's still a substantial amount of money to be printed, distributed, and spent in an attempt to stimulate the economy and meet people's basic biological needs. But either way, free money. It's hidden the streets. Get it while you can, because I think heading into 2021, Joe Biden and the Democrats will probably be pushing some more government cash down the pipeline. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see if they implement some sort of blockchain mechanism like a Fed coin or something along the lines of a central bank digital currency. So then it'd just be easier for them to actually distribute the money that they're providing American citizens. And like you said, if Joe Biden is going to be continuing it, it just makes sense for them to um, basically cut out the banks, cut out the difficulties of transactions and um, like... The last time they sent out physical checks and they had to delay it because Donald Trump wanted it, wanted his name on the check. Um, so obviously that and nowadays is pretty archaic with all these different apps that allow you to transact currency and, and other assets so quickly. So I think they will implement it and it'll be interesting to see how that actually unfolds and, and how they'll be able to, I guess, manage a balance sheet because it'd just be that much easier to be able to print a currency for one and B, if everyone starts using a Fed coin, obviously they have the ability to have complete knowledge of every single transaction. And uh, we'll see how the American people are able to uh, adopt it or if they even want to at this point. Yeah, the CBDCs obviously, or central bank digital currencies, obviously have some pros and cons with it. Ease of use, that kind of relative stability that you do see with the national fiat are some benefits, but the downside is that surveillance aspect, that ability to monitor when, where, and how much transactions occurred for. So it'll be interesting to see. We've been talking about Japan investigating theirs, China launching a test pilot, U.S. has started talking about it. Sweden's exploring the idea. We are seeing these changes. And the CBDC, when it does come to that stimulus distribution, I feel like it's likely a much more streamlined way to do it versus the traditional bank SWIFT transfer. And so I think on that note, we will finish our Christmas episode. Thank you for tuning in, everyone. We truly appreciate you taking your time. And I'll pass it on over to Keith. Yeah, well said. Thank you very much for tuning in for the 38th episode. We want to wish you a very Merry Christmas or uh, whatever holiday you are celebrating, if you are. BTC does look pretty good. We don't want to obviously uh, uh, 
make someone make a decision just based on what we say. Do your own research. If you have no idea about TA, if you have no idea about risk management, I would say if you want some exposure, dollar cost averaging wouldn't be a bad way to go. If you are looking for a little bit more of a hands-on experience to learn some of the ways that we are able to trade within the cryptocurrency market as well as really any other asset class, definitely drop a uh, either like a comment letting us know like how to start or if you're a little bit more technologically savvy you can go into our discord and then message us and uh yeah definitely if, if you're interested it's the right time in my opinion to really get some information and get involved in cryptocurrencies because we do think at this point this is the start of a bull run for bitcoin and it's already starting right we're already in that massive impulsive push but uh nathan and i are talking 150 thousand dollars for one bitcoin plus two hundred thousand dollars for the or above for bitcoin for the end of 2021 or in the end of the bull run here so um it sounds outlandish but last previous all-time high was like 1400 next all-time high was 20k so if you're interested in ever getting involved in the space we do have a lot of different social media channels for you to learn more information about uh, you have a website you can learn more about with the blog really really good information on there our youtube channel is dedicated mainly for ta videos and podcasts so if you want to learn more about ta get some free information you can go there as well so we want to thank you very much for coming in for our 38 podcast and uh until next time have a good one traders